this isn't just shopping, this is a unique place to be. Shop, dine and socialise in this iconic destination with premium boutique stores, exciting restaurants and a luxurious everyman cinema, all under one roof. This is Princess Square, home to Dermalogica, Reese, Carvela, Space NK, Kate Spade and many more of your favourite luxury brands. Discover Princess Square, Buchanan Street, Glasgow. Welcome to Let's Talk Weddings. We are your Scottish wedding. Your go-to wedding planning magazine, both in print and online. From inspiration to realisation, plan your perfect wedding with us. This is the podcast to learn about the Scottish wedding industry. Find out about the good, the bad and the magical that the Scottish wedding industry has to offer. From suppliers to real life weddings, our own take on everything weddings. We promise you'll have a fantastic time listening. Welcome to Let's Talk Weddings with your Scottish wedding. Let's plan your perfect wedding. I'm always slightly uncomfortable with the use of the words male and female in a conversation like this. Specifically, not as a descriptor, but as just saying he's a male or she's a female. It feels to me like the Ferengi. It feels to me like the sort of like weird sort of anti-Semitic goblin trope in Star Trek. You uh, refer to a female with a slightly sort of proprietorial kind of... Uh, it's like a woman or better still, a person. with your Scottish wedding and we've got a very exciting episode today with our very own lovely Leslie Trainer and our guest Christopher Finn. Now rather than me doing the introductions I don't think that anyone can tell their story quite as well as you can so Christopher would you like to introduce yourself to the audience today? Hello folks thank you so much for having me my name's Chris I'm a 43 year old cisgender white guy and um, but I am part of the queer community, which is relevant to the topic for this conversation. Um, we'll talk more a little bit about labels and identity once we get into it, but if you want to know to get, get us started, um, identify either as bisexual or as omnisexual. Um, part, parts of my identity are demisexual, but I am cisgender. I, I'm, I, I am a man. I was born a man. I feel like a man. And uh, that, uh, that, that queer part of my identity is the only part that is in any way um, gives me access to understanding the plight of marginalized communities because <laughs> across every other uh, axis, I have privilege, I have uh, the system stacked in my favor, but the fact that I'm queer gives me a sort of sense of the challenges that marginalized communities have, and I really cherish that. And what a fabulous way to get right into the discussion there. Um, Leslie, we we all know who you are. We all know and love you. But do you want to do a bit of a introduction to those that haven't maybe listened to your lovely voice yet on our lovely sure, podcast? Sure, sure. Um, so I'm Leslie Trainer, um, founder of Your Scottish Wedding and Your Scottish Wedding Awards. Um, I am heterosexual, married to my lovely husband Ted, um, for going on nearly thirty years. Um, and I my sort of pronouns are she her or her, she. Um, yes, so just, <laughs> yes, I, I've got very different views, I think, to what you have, Chris, um, with what we're going to be chatting about, which is good because we all have our own opinions. That's what being individuals are all about. So, yes, let's get this started. We, sh we should confess, Leslie, that we know each other, you and I. You and I used to work together some <laughs> yes, years ago. So, you were my boss. I'm, I was your boss. And so hopefully... You were my boss. I mean... The the reason that I agreed in a very commas to join you was in part just to hang out because you're fun, oh. but also because I I hope and trust that even though a lot of your views you might classify uh, you could characterize as being quite conservative, I hope that we can have a respectful conversation. Right? I don't think I'm oh. going to be gotcha'd in these, and I think 
it's these kind of uh, you know open vulnerable conversations yeah. that help us absolutely absolutely and that's what we're all about here it's a, it's an open platform to be your authentic self and to feel comfortable and and loved to be fair like i think you know i'm very much a humanitarian um i don't judge anybody as to how they choose to live their life as to who they choose to love as to what they wish to do with their lives etc etc um as long as it's within the realms of morality and you know like as you very rightly say being respectful of each other so i mean i think that's like where some of it becomes a bit tricky though isn't it because nobody could disagree with what you've said nobody oh and by the way i should apologize for my slightly croaky voice i'm not usually quite so barry white but i've got a bit of a cold (laughs) so sorry to make you all listen to that um and so you're completely right of course you're completely right however the difficulty comes where because people's idea of morality is different yeah and it's within living memory that we had um uh homosexuality was criminalized was illegal Um, the specter of section 28 hangs over my life and my schooling there was no mention thanks to margaret thatcher of same same gender same sex relationships Mm -hmm. love in school when i was growing up Um, and that's been a a a long shadow that's cast over a generation and so you're completely right everyone should live their lives the way they want to live them i I have a bit of a problem with that as as a sentiment though because uh usually when it's expressed once you actually dig into the detail, they're like, oh, yeah, but not not that, right? Not that. And so I'll give you, if you like, here's my hard line, right? When it comes to sex in particular, there has to be consent, and consent has to have been given and be able right. to have been given, right? And so that Absolutely. means it can't be a child because a child can't give consent. It Absolutely. can't be an animal because an animal can't give consent, right? We're yeah. being, I, I know this is a little bit titillating, but like, the, the, if the if the if the other party or parties cannot give consent or haven't given consent, that sex shouldn't happen. However, my view is that if those two um, things are fulfilled, go for it. Like even the yeah. most uh, in inverted commas disgusting depraved acts, right? If you're having a good time and you're all into it, there's that's great as far as I'm concerned. I'm very sex positive, very kink positive. I think it's really important that we all have a great yeah. time in our lives, and I think. The, the 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 red line for morality for me is just consent everything else Correct. is nonsense yeah yeah no for sure and i also think um because i think when you and i first spoke chris um we were sort of emailing back and forth and i sort of said that i was i think i used the word scared to address people because you don't really know what people go by these days and you know and what you did i say people? to that leslie and you said you, I should you be scared. My reply? Yes. I should be scared. <laughs> <laughs> Which equally I mean, was, scared was... me because I thought, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm being slightly tongue in cheek, but only slightly, right? So my your point was you're you're scared of saying the wrong thing, using the wrong language, putting your foot in it, inadvertently offending somebody. Because again, my... I would hate to feel as if I'm disrespecting somebody. I don't want to do that. Yeah, for sure. But my counter to that, which is slightly tongue-in-cheek, but mostly serious, is that marginalised communities have been uh, uh, scared for much longer and in much yeah. deeper ways. Like Their very existence Absolutely. is threatened. Their lives are threatened. Yeah. And so you not being sure whether to use he, she, they, they, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. is nothing compared to somebody who's going to get beaten up walking yeah, down the street. Right? Right. So... Um, that scaredness actually I think is a really positive thing. Like, I, I understand. Like I've done it. And like I'm I'm queer, but only on certain axes. Um and I I absolutely have messed up in my language many, many times. I've misgendered friends to their face because I knew them as one gender for a long time. And sometimes it just takes a little yeah. while for that brain to rewire. The thing you do there is you go, oh shit, sorry. Um and then you just carry on. You don't like don't prostrate yourself and oh, I'm terribly sorry. How could I have done this to you? Like, yeah. it's fine. You fucked up. Just move on. Yeah. But I think um, being a little bit scared and cautious is a is a useful course correction, right? I think mm. that's good that the cisgender, heterosexual, allosexual majority, uh, monogamous majority, now has to think about this stuff because they haven't for most of history, and now they do. Yeah. So on that, when it comes to using the right language, Chris, what, what is a way that if, if you're in doubt over their pronouns, 
what is a very respectful way to kind of ask that? Because you also don't want to be in that position of asking it, but then completely offending them. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So a couple of things. One is just generally the atmosphere and context around this is getting better. And so it's quite common now for us to put uh, pronouns in bios, for example. And I use yeah. he, they pronouns. Yeah. We can talk about that if you like. But So that helps because it, it is part of... And so in fairness, I didn't... Uh, my use of he, they is reasonably new. And it's basically a, a, a fight against the gender binary. I think uh, gender is effectively not helpful to most people. Yeah. And so I would have used he, him for most of my life. And, but, but like you sort of think, I mean, this is going back only less than five years. Yeah. You think, well, why would I declare my pronouns? Right. Because it's obvious. I've got yeah. a big bushy white beard. I've got a voice that sounds like this. It's obvious <laughs> I'm a man. Right. But that's the point. And it's kind of incumbent on cisgender people, I think, in this yeah. context to help our trans and non-binary siblings by normalizing the expression of pronouns. So when yeah. I started doing it, I expressed it as he, him. Um, and then eventually I thought, I was like, nah, do you know what? That doesn't fit for me. Like, like the overwhelming majority of people would refer to me as he, and I won't bat an eyelid as that because it's completely correct and it fits me entirely. But I also yeah. don't mind being referred to as, as gender non-conforming, gender non-binary. I mean, there are some slight things that I do that are you know, a little bit gender fluid. Um, I wear nail varnish, for example. Um, I wear usually a little bit brighter or more like sort of flamboyant clothes than a lot of men would. But it's still quite conservative. Like, I still wear a suit. It's just a very nice suit. Or, like, you've seen my kilt, Leslie, which is it's, bright pillow box it's, it's red. Awesome. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. Jacket. That was, that was a beautiful like, Andrew Brooks job. Thank you, Andrew in Edinburgh. <laughs> That's a bit of custom bespoke tailing. But, like, it's that sort gorgeous. of stuff, I think you can have fun with your gender without having to abandon your gender. Oh, I think you answered your question, Marlene. So, the point was you asked, how do you ask somebody respect for their pronouns? You just ask. Mm. That's it. Yeah. So can I just check what pronouns do you use? Don't assume. Don't say, can I just check, do you use he, him pronouns or do you use she, her pronouns? Just ask. Just check, can I just check what pronouns you use? And being able to do that in a context that is unpressured is quite important. Yeah. Mm. Um, so try to avoid like doing it in a, in a, you know, if you're doing one of those hideous meetings at work where everyone sits around and you throw a tennis ball at each other or something, that's horrendous. <laughs> I put people on the spot. Nightmare alley, that one. It really is. If you're just having yeah. a conversation or you can pull somebody aside just really briefly or something, don't make a big deal of it. Just say, can I just check what pronouns you use? That's yeah. it. And that will tell you quite a lot about them as well, just from the pronouns. That's mm. good advice. Like, for example, Ted Ted and I were um, going through the streets of St Andrews the other day and there was a person behind us, for want of a better word, we'll say female, and Ted um, said, oh, let's step aside and let this young lady pass. And I then sort of elbowed him and sort of said, Ted, you can't really say that because you should maybe have said, let them pass. Or, And it was like, oh, what? the world's gone crazy, Leslie. And I said, but you just don't know, though, like what her pronouns or what their pronouns well, but are. Also, also, why does it matter? Right. So I always counsel people to say, so, so let me just finish this point. I'll always counsel people to say uh, person rather, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. use, use things that center somebody's humanity. Right. So yeah. it's not, it's not um, somebody who's disabled. It's a disabled person. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's the center of the, the, the person of humanity. So just let them pass. And that's fine. Um, I'll let you make your point, Lisa, because I think I know what it's going to be, and I've got a follow on point. So go on. <laughs> He's going to tear shreds off me now. Um, <laughs> no, but I was just, so I was just like, you can't say that, Ted, because, and and he was just like, you know, the world really has gone mad, Leslie. Because I think when you look at the LGBTQ plus community, am I correct in saying there's over a hundred different references? I mean, I mean, it could be basically infinite. It could be, uh, it could be essentially infinite, and and I think that's one of the joyful things about it. Yeah. Um, so I think I think for me, I'm a simpleton. I think everybody knows that. I like things simple. I'm a black I'm a black and white person. There's not really an awful lot of grey area um, for me. So for me, it's like you know, you can be. I'm fine with the whole they them. That's fine. Um, I so you'd use that for somebody who was gender non-conforming or gender non-binary or gender fluid, gender flux. 
yeah, like gender. I've not, I've not heard of half of these, Chris. Um, and I'm that's just I'm keeping, the, keeping them coming, Leslie. No, no, and that's why it's so good though to have these conversations because I think educating people is one yeah. of the best ways forward for us as a society. And we'll talk so much more about that in the second part of this episode. That's a really key Mm. thing, that education piece, self-education is so important. We'll talk more about that later. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I've got a friend who, um, her, so so she will say that she's a a, a she-her, but she has brought her son up to basically say everybody's a them. A person or a them. Until proven otherwise. Yeah. Um, So she's very much, um, just so that he knows right from wrong and you know let's start from you know from a young age so that the wee boy understands like not everybody's the same although we all look maybe like a boy or a girl or whatever then that's not Hmm. necessarily the case because of our you know our pronouns and um yeah so it's just yeah it's just understanding and getting a better grip on it what I was going to say, what I thought you were going to say was, because I know Ted and he's a lovely man. Um, uh, he's also he's a gentleman. very old fashioned though, and he's and he's views. He is, <laughs> but he's 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 a he's a gentleman in the the good and the bad reasons for that. Yes. And I thought you were going to say that Ted viewed it as a chivalrous act to let the lady go past him. Oh, for sure, um, and that's exactly uh, why he said and those parts. Exactly that. But can so this is too big an idea for this conversation, but I want to drop it so that your listeners can have it in their minds. I think that's a problem because I think that reinforces I mean the the the, the big challenge we have in society today, apart from like climate change and um Absolutely. economic uncertainty and all the stuff that we take <laughs> Absolutely. as well, is patriarchalism and misogyny, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's uh systems stacked against women and queer people and people of colour, et cetera, et cetera. And actually, things like chivalry are a way of codifying and um, embedding those practices. Here's a little test. If you are a cisgender man, that is to say you're born a man, you feel like you're a man, would you give a compliment to a male colleague who's wearing a nice shirt in the same way as you would a female colleague who's wearing a nice blouse? And I'll wager that 85, 90% of people wouldn't. They just wouldn't give, like, they wouldn't be comfortable giving a man a compliment in the same way. But if you're heterosexual what that boils down to is ultimately 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 the only reason you're giving that compliment to the woman is because you want to get in her pants and that's a problem i think and i think um uh as part of that deconstruction of patriarchalism uh like everyone loves a compliment right don't be creepy about it but uh, everyone loves a compliment and i think think about that and think about why you wouldn't do that if you're a cisgender man same flips for women as well but the problem here is the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. No, totally. And I also think sometimes, like a woman, like I have no problem in saying to anybody. I actually have forced myself now, just in the last couple of years. Like if I see, and if I'm being brutally honest, probably a female, um, I would probably be more inclined to say, you know, I don't know you, but you know, you really suit that outfit, or you really suit that dress, or your shoes are lovely, or you know your your makeup's beautiful or your hair's lovely um just all you know f- sort of positive reinforcement of various things but i think for me to sort of compliment a man you're rightly saying i would then assume that he maybe thinks that i maybe want you coming on to him <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> which is a shame because like you know anybody mm-hmm. that knows me i'm very happily married and um it would just simply for me be a compliment. Hmm. Yeah, I could go down this whole rabbit hole of males, but that's not really what, what, what we're here to chat about. I mean, um, incidentally, I'm, I'm always slightly uncomfortable with the use of the words male and female in a conversation like this. Okay. It's specifically, not as a descriptor, yeah. but as uh, describe, saying he's a male or she's a female. It feels to me like the Ferengi. It feels to me like the sort of like weird sort of anti-Semitic goblin trope in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, you'd refer to a female <laughs> with a slightly sort of proprietorial kind of... Uh, it's uh, like a, a woman or better still, a person. Yeah. Um, I, I like, there's something, for me, there's something dehumanizing and overly 
medicalized, pathologized about using female and male as a as a noun. He is a yeah. male, she is a female. Yeah. So again, I think it's just the way I was brought up. So it's what I know, yep. it's what I understand, it's what I recognize. Um and that's everything that has to change, which again is why we're having this chat, which is it's so good to and I think people would need to have more of these chats. I think it's really important, especially within like one, obviously the wedding industry and people getting married. Um, yeah, and I think same sex marriage, like that's so important. And the very fact that there's still countries in this world that don't allow it and it's it's still illegal and, you know, you can get imprisoned or you could lose your hands or you can be put to death. It's It's disgusting. Like, what does it matter who we love? Yeah, but me me meeting you for the first time, for example, like why would that matter to me that you go, you know, that you're comfortable with that terminology? Why would that? Yeah, I would rather just have a chat with a another person and just you know decide whether you know that was a nice chat that was you know we'd lots in common or we didn't or you know whatever. That to me, I, again, going back to the. <laughs> I get there's a, a struggle out there and it's awful and it's terrible and it shouldn't be happening. Very similar to, you know, the black race and what they're all going through, et cetera, et cetera. We could then go down the wormhole of women having to fight for all their rights and equal pay and all the rest of it. So there is always going to be struggles. There's always going to be fights. Um, yeah, whereas in Leslie land, I suppose I always say, <laughs> it's always um like it's nice it's fluffy there's there's no there's no badness there's no nobody being harmed etc etc and, and I know that that's not the case and that's why it is important to have these chats because I think the more we chat about it the better educated we will all become and hopefully it'll just become a better and nicer place to exist instead of having to look over your shoulder and have to worry about the terminologies that we're using and have to be like gender aware or like you know my name's Leslie and I'm happy just to be called Leslie I would rather get to know Christopher like again sort of going back to like whether you kiss boys or girls or both like why would that bother me it shouldn't bother me it's none of my business I would just want to get to know Christopher I would just want to get to know Marlene. Um, I think that's true, yeah. but my take is that that's a joyful thing, right? It's the the fact that, and so I understand it's the classic line: "Why do you have to keep shoving it down our throats?" And by the way, I'm also slightly concerned about why <laughs> that particular phrase is used because it's, it's it's a bit gay, to be honest. Um, but um, but it's the line, right? Why do they keep shoving it down our throats? Why can't they just live their life? We don't have to know about it. We don't have to hear it. And again, that to what that says to me is shush. Mm. Just, you know, behind closed doors is fine, but I just don't want to know about it. I don't want to hear it. And I think, you know, people should be able to live their authentic and joyful lives as, yeah. as richly as they want. And I think what we're seeing, and I understand that it's weird, especially if, as a thing you haven't seen before, and we're seeing it on social media, we're seeing it in real life, more on social media than in real life, I think. But it's great. Like, what an amazing, and like, I took my daughter to uh, the Pride that ran here in Dundee, and she was just enchanted. Yeah. Like, like people were in colourful outfits. Or, like, I saw one woman wearing a black T-shirt that just said, oh, I'm quite right queer, but I don't like bright colours. Like, that's brilliant. There's that sense of the full might and majesty of the queer community represented. Yeah. Just hundreds of rainbow things. Everyone just this girl on a black T-shirt. Uh, I, I opt out from this. Um, but, like, my daughter absolutely adores it. And rightly so. Like, because it is a, it, it only is a joyful thing. It's a thing that people are living a, a, a rich and authentic life yeah. and let's celebrate that yeah, so it really feels like absolutely. it's at that cusp now of um yeah. of seeing those changes and it it feels too small to say that we are seeing history in the making but i do wonder in 20 years time what the history books will have written about this time period and about gender coming out and and just yeah. th this whole discussion actually that that's been had more and more yeah and you know what marlene on some days i am really hopeful about the future and i'm uh, like i see especially gen z and gen alpha yeah. increasingly 
unconcerned with gender binary, increasingly comfortable with uh, fluid sexual identities, yeah. increasingly respectful of each other, just as people, not as you know, predefined characterizations or boxes that they can, you know, yeah. if, if you're a boy and I'm a girl, that means we can go out, we can go into the dance on, on Saturday, that kind of stuff. Um, but I will confess that those days are rarer than the days in which I am genuinely terrified. Mm. Like I, I have uh, scared my wife a lot by sitting, if I, I'm not on Twitter anymore, but if J.K. Rowling writes a particularly vicious anti-trans tweet, mm-hmm. I, I'll be in floods of tears. Yeah. Not just on behalf of my trans siblings, but because they're coming for me next. Like mm-hmm. they are coming for me next. Mm-hmm. And it's it's deeply concerning that A, our cishet uh, allies aren't standing up and fighting with us, but it's even more concerning that there is a contingent of queer people, and they absolutely wouldn't call themselves queer people, there's a contingent of uh, gay, lesbian, and bi people mm-hmm. who agree. Um, so there's an organization called the LGB Alliance, which is a horrific organization which stri- seeks to um, distance themselves from trans people. And mm-hmm. they're doing the same thing that the worst uh, gender critical and tariff people are doing. And the entire context around this conversation is becoming poisonous. And it's why, so Leslie, I gave you uh, the homework to do of um, watching an interview I did with my friend Carrie. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Carrie's book is brilliant. Carrie Kills a Man, go buy it, go read it. It's beautiful, her memoir. But the context for the interview that I did with her was about joy, right? Yeah, because yeah. joy is a revolutionary act. Yeah. Um, because we, we, we have to fight hard and we have to fight dirty, but we have to hold on to our joy and do things that make us and the people we love happy. Absolutely. And that's true for everyone, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. When I watched the video, your interview that, that you did with Carrie, I was fascinated by what she was saying, and because she was quite late and sort of going through that transition, yeah, and and sort of her story, her journey, yeah, it was at some points because she's very strong. She's she is very strong. Um, and she's she she knows her own mind and she knows what she wants and and I think that's brilliant. But there was part of me that was probably a wee bit sad when I was listening to it, going, you know, it's a shame all the things that she sort of had to go through and in order mm-hmm. to get to where she is today. And that 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 did make me quite sad because why should that be the case? Why can't you know for someone to be to feel trapped in the wrong body for me would just be the the worst thing ever, the worst thing ever, um. And I think to where she's at now, I'm so happy for her, and she seems like super happy, and you know she's living her best version of life now. Um, but yeah. I mean, she 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 like me is also angry and is also worried, and you know she's got bills to pay and all that sort of stuff as well. But yeah. I think finding that joy is important. I think, you know, we uh, there's a conversation that quite often happens about uh, trans people that says, well, if you're a trans woman, that is to say, I'm going to use simplified language here, you were born a man and you later transitioned to become yeah. a woman. If you're a trans woman, um, you didn't have the experience of growing up as a girl, right? You had male privilege growing up. And so how dare you now swan in as a woman and um, with, all, with all that... Uh, uh, momentum of male privilege mm-hmm. now claim womanhood and the counter to that is just sure i guess you know there is some male privilege that in this case carrie might have had when she was growing up as a boy but yeah. like she grew up shit scared and you know repressed and you know completely at odds with her body and her identity and and I, 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 like, this is my story to tell, so I, I should stop telling it, but it's, go read her book. <laughs> but my point is, um, the experience of a, a trans woman or a trans man growing up in the opposite gender to what they are now yeah. is just like, you know, the experience of you, Leslie, growing up as a woman is different from the experience that Marlene had growing up as a woman. Yeah. Like, there's, there's room in this broad church for lots of different experiences, and the fact that you have Absolutely. to grow up identifying as a boy is just another one of those experiences mm-hmm. um it ultimately doesn't matter right yeah. if i decide to declare myself a woman tomorrow it shouldn't affect anybody but me and in fact my, my wife my family Absolutely. but it shouldn't affect anybody else 
Yeah, because it's a per- it's a personal thing. It's a personal journey. It's only for our benefit, right, that we... Because then we can fit them into a, a, a compartment in our minds. And I, I'm guilty of it as well. Like, I'm not, I'm not a saint here. But, um, you know, if you, if you say to somebody, like, you know, who do you, who, who do you fancy? And they tell you, if they're a boy and they tell you it's a boy, you're like, oh, gay. And that's bad. That's bad. And I do that because, and I'm bi. Um, and I, like, I shouldn't do that. Um, but it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of, I think, I think give yourself some credit, right? Everyone, I mean, and I don't just mean you, Leslie, but give yourself some credit that things are changing. And yeah, particularly are. if you grew up in a particular context that was particularly conservative or, dear Lord, uh, religious as well, then you will have some adjustment pains for sure. Mm-hmm. But do the work, right? Do the, do the reflection. To go out for a walk and then go, how did I feel when so-and-so told me that he has a husband? Or how do I feel about that person at the coffee shop who... Uh, was clearly a boy, but they were wearing a dress. That's weird, right? Like whatever these things are, do the work uh, to 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 figure out what do I think about that. Don't just leave it unexamined. Do the work, but 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 things are changing, and so you will you will it will be a there will be friction as you as you you know become more evolved in your thinking. And but my like, train of thought has only probably changed in the last. I'm ashamed to say, probably in the last maybe five, six, seven years. In or fairness, so. Leslie, I before we joined this recording, I had a look on my Twitter archive. I only started using the word cis mm. or cisgender five years ago. So, yeah. like, I would I would claim that I'm reasonably fluent in queer theory and yeah. you know very comfortable with these conversations. Yeah. But even for me, like, I I was still not using a term like that. That was still a new term to me five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're seeing more and more children coming out as, you know, I don't want to identify as a girl. I feel like a boy today. I want to wear girls' clothes or I want to wear boys' clothes or I know I'm sort of generalising that again, but just, I think that's fine. Like, just wear what you want. Like, do what you want. If you feel that you want to wear a bright pink dress... And what we can do around them is to not make it weird, right? And you did that Uh with your pals. Like, I think, like, if if you're not, if you're, uh, if you're cisgender, um, especially if you're heterosexual, if you're, if you're part of that majority, uh, your job is if somebody is expressing their gender in a novel way, just, it's fine. It's just fine. And you just normalize that. And, uh, you know, it's part of the the job of being an ally, I think, is just making sure that everyone feels comfortable and confident in the choices they make. And by the way, just to give you some language, if I was describing what you described, I would just say in traditionally boys' clothes or in clothes that would traditionally be worn by women, rather than calling them women's yeah. clothes and boys' clothes. Like yeah. I think, like we, we're idiots if we don't acknowledge that there there have been there is a gender binary in clothing, yeah. but we can rob it of its power. We don't have to call it boys' clothes and girls' clothes. We can say, you know, dresses that would traditionally have been worn by girls or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and again, it's just getting your my head around what best phrases to use because, again, historically, it's been, for me, girls and boys. And so, you know, that brings us to how to be a good ally, really. Um, there's a line uh, in the queer community, if you think you don't know a trans person, they just don't trust you enough. Right. And that's really important. And I think really true. If you don't think you know a trans person, they just don't trust you enough to have shared that part with you. Yeah. Um, like trans people make up a tiny, tiny minority of the population in the UK. And yet it's very likely that somebody, you know, is gender nonconforming in some way, trans in some way. Like because it can be very subtle. Right. If, if you're a skinny dude and you wear like skinny girls jeans, like you wouldn't necessarily clock that you're wearing girls clothes in very commas but you, you know you will and so how do you become a good ally how do you ensure you have the trust of the queer community and one of those things is just you know surrounding yourself with queer people who are open about being queer but also who you can have a conversation with so i know leslie that in the wedding sector you know a bunch of folk who are queer of various different stripes i suspect that you probably haven't had many conversations with them about their queer identity because for you it's irrelevant and you're not wrong because you know whether it's a a, you know beautiful venue for a wedding or a beautiful cake 
the sexuality or the gender expression of the person making it is not relevant to the conversation you're going to have. Yeah. But you can, right? Yeah. Especially if you're, you know, after a conference having a glass of Prosecco or something, you know, by demonstrating through deeds as well as words that you are a safe space for people to be their complete yeah. and authentic selves, then most, you will most of my friends be a better within, ally. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Chris. Um, most of my friends within the wedding industry are are gay. Most of them are. And we, we do have chats and discussions and and we're very open about it. Um, yeah. And I did invite a few of them on here tonight, but again, they just, they didn't feel comfortable to do that, which is such a shame. Such a shame mm -hmm. because they didn't want it yeah. broadcast, uh, broadcasted yeah. out um, amongst the masses. Um, and, and so like, I am quite unusual in the fact that I've been very visibly queer on social media for a long time and i'm that's good. I, and i do it thanks i do it because you know i didn't have that when i was growing up especially with bisexuality right when i was a kid growing up you were gay or you were straight yeah and i didn't have the language to describe somebody who was attracted to more than one gender yeah and so i want to be there as um a, an obvious and visible to your point marlene person who other people who are by can see, like, I have a daughter, I have a wife, and we have a good life. There is, that is one way of living as somebody who's bi. There's an infinite number of ways of living somebody who's bi, but yeah. a lot of bi people, for example, bi men in particular, would really worry, can I, can I marry a woman? Because that's what I want to do. And can I have children? How do I deal with my same-sex attraction? So I want to show them, you know, you can do that. Uh, but it, it comes with, it's not, like, it's not an unalloyed delight to be so open on social media. I do get abuse. Um, I was going to say, do you get pushed back? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm old enough and ugly enough now mm -hmm. not to care. Um, I'm always slightly worried about where people say I don't care about getting abuse because everybody cares. It hurts everybody. Of course, um, of course. But I kind of, I, I can, I can compartmentalize it a little bit and just go, yeah. "Well, you're just a dick," and I don't, I, like, your opinion is that of a dick, and so I don't need to take it, uh, take it into account in any way yeah. at all. Um. But I understand why your your pals in the sector wouldn't want to, to do this because it's like the thing I'm doing right now, but mm. being quite open and transparent, is hard yeah. for a lot of people. Um, and and it, it, you know, it comes back to that line from the collection of essays: "He was my first love and my first shame." Yeah. There's still a lot of internalized homophobia in queer yeah. people, um, we or transphobia. We internalize the hate that we get from the world. Yeah. And we police ourselves, we box ourselves into smaller and smaller. We shave off bits of ourselves to fit in with the world. Mm -hmm. And that's a tragedy, mm -hmm. right? It's an absolute travesty of justice. And we should be much, we should, but it's, it's kind of like one of the other videos I did for Pride was talking about um, the division of labor in Pride. And I kind of have the opinion these days that during Pride Month in June, that uh, queer people should just have a riot. They should have a great time. And that's the month where straight people should do the fucking work. That's where they should step up and do the work to create a context and a, a society, a culture in which we're not scared anymore, right? We're, we do the work 11 months a year. For the month of June, could you step up, please? And, you know, call out. If somebody makes a, you know, a, a, it doesn't like, well, I was going to say, if somebody makes a comment about a shirt lifter or something to you, like, you know, call it out. Just say, that's not, that's yeah. not cool. I, like, don't do that yeah. around me. Um, yeah. But the thing Absolutely. is that, like, homophobia, transphobia, any sort of bigotry like that, I think we're wrong if we think that it's it's only language like that. Actually, it's like microaggressions and it's and it's you know the raised eyebrow or it's tiny little things that make us know as queer people we're not welcome in a space. And so I think for uh, straight people, one of the things you can do is to you know stand up and like without being a, without being unpleasant about it, you can make it clear that that intolerance and bigotry, mm. at least around you, is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I also think, do you, or do you think that it's a, do you think it's, I always want to say like an older generational thing because that's how they were brought up. But I know you still get younger people saying really derogatory things and it's just because they have heard it through their upbringing, you know, like other members of the family, et cetera, et cetera. Um, whereas we as a family we have always been very open we've always chatted about stuff like nothing's off the table 
for us like let's have the difficult chats if it has to be a difficult chat like nothing is off our table and I think that's really important to yeah I just don't understand people that don't want to have these sort of chats though I, I yeah. just can't get it round my head because again it shouldn't be a thing we should all just be living the best versions of this very mm-hmm. hard life because life's not easy anyway is it <laughs> like let's face yeah. it it's not like you rightly said some days you get up and you feel great and other days you you get up and you feel really teary and upset and and unfortunately they're probably more than you've been happy and i think that's a tragedy like that that shouldn't be yeah. that shouldn't be the case for for people like i'm a naturally and, and- and remember as well, I said at the start, in the first episode of this podcast, by most measures, I'm fine. Yeah. Right? I'm middle class, I'm moderately affluent, I'm white, I'm cisgender, I'm male. I've got basically everything going for me. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, think about our you know, siblings across axes that are different to that. And they have a really much, much harder job than I have. Yeah. And so it's incumbent on me to spend some of my privilege, right? That's one of the reasons I do things like this. You know, I spend the privilege I have um, so that the people who are nervous or don't have a voice um, get centered in the conversation again. And I, I, there will be, if we have queer people listening to this podcast, they will have had occasion to, call, to, to disagree with me on many things because um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a monolithic identity, right? It's a broad church. Um, but I hope that what they will have seen is somebody creating space for these conversations to happen. Yeah, and I think we can probably all agree that all we want for for every human being is happiness, for us all to respect each other, regardless of mm. what that looks like. And dignity. It really dignity is. Dignity is a really underrated word in this conversation. No, you're absolutely right. Cause you, yeah. Because you, cause you, cause you, mm. you don't want to be merely tolerated, right? You don't want to exist mm. in a world where the only protection you have is the law, right? That's the bare minimum that you should hope for, yeah. uh, especially under this government. But the point is that if you are, if you are afforded dignity by people around you, then uh, a your existence is validated, but also you can you can piss about as well. Like you don't have, like when I say dignity, you don't have to be sort of pompous and uptight. I just mean your your life, your identity mm. is respected, and you can do with that what you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why it's important for us, certainly for the magazine, like we make sure that we include all and sundry because that's really important to me. Um, right across um, like same-sex weddings, right across, you know, black people, Asian, like it's so important to me to cover everybody that's on this planet um, getting married in Scotland. Like it needs to be for everybody it's not just a magazine yeah. for you know quite white heterosexual couples like it's yeah. normal no and that's I really important that. i remember that you and i worked on on a title where we were we think the first magazine in the world to put a same-sex couple yeah. on the cover and that it, it's it's representation exactly to marlene's point you we cannot be what we cannot see you need to have yeah. these things visible so that people understand yeah, that their um, way of life is is valid I mean, there are other ways of, ident- of uh, educating yourself in, in this space as well. You can literally go to the library and check out books on queer theory, and you should. Um, mm. w- if you're queer, yes, but if you're not. And the reason for that is twofold, right? One is it will help you better understand your queer siblings. Like, pe- I, I don't mean literally your brothers and sisters. I mean, like, you know, in this sort of like we're all one big family, so <laughs> yeah, brothers yeah, and sisters. Course. Um, your your trans siblings, your trans brothers and sisters, anybody across any spectrum. So that's one reason why you should do it. And that's enough, frankly. Now, Chris, on that, you've actually um, introduced me to something that, that has boggled my brain a little bit in a good way. Um, and I was hoping you'd um, speak a bit more about it. And, and that's the concept of people who don't think that they're under the rainbow flag. Could you explain that a bit more and, well, and talk us through that? Please? That's beautifully queued up for the second point I was exactly going to make, Marlene. Because if if you're <laughs> if you think you are uh, straight and monogamous and allosexual, that just means you experience sexual attraction. Um, you might not think that you fall under 
the rainbow flag, right? You think you might not think you can march under that banner, but I encourage you to do some reading on this, um, whether that's books or whether it's just like you know, thinking, you know, following a few accounts on social media or whatever, just so that you can begin to so ambiently understand this stuff. And that's because you might come to realize that you do actually fall under the queer umbrella. Here's some examples, right? For example, if you are a trans man, again, to use simple language, you're born a woman, you're now a man, and you are married to a woman, then you are straight, right? If we accept trans people, then if you're a trans man married to a woman, you are straight. Uh, And so by that count, you don't count as being queer, right? But of course, you can if you want to. And in fact, I would say you are. It might be that you practice polyamory or some other flavor of ethical non-monogamy. You might have more than one partner. And I mean not cheating. I like cheating is a different thing. Yeah, but if, if yeah, you're yeah. in a, a, a formal throuple, as the word is, or if you just have like you know, agreement with your long-term partner that you hook up with or you have you know, romantic relationships with or dates with other people, yeah. then I think that qualifies you as being queer as well. Um, there's even like uh, there's even but it's quite common there's guys on Grindr who call themselves straight who hook up with men but, mm. but and yet still call themselves straight and I think they can identify as queer as well if they want to they probably won't want to but they can if they want to um, if for example you're demisexual so somebody who's demisexual is somebody who doesn't experience a kind of like kind of sexual attraction right? they don't just see somebody walking down the street and go I want to sleep with them um, they they need mm. a connection, like a mental or a spiritual yeah. connection with somebody before they feel sexual feelings. Yeah. That's part of the uh, ace, grey spectrum. You can qualify as being queer as well. And the reason I, the reason I think it's important is, a, it will make you a better ally to other queer people, but also it will make your your life and your identity make so much more sense. It's the failed zebra thing again, right? If if you're, <laughs> so it's quite common, for example, for women to be demisexual. Uh, and it might be that suddenly hearing, like you might be a woman listening to this, suddenly goes, my God, I had no idea that was an identity. I had no idea that was an experience people had. Like, I don't just see men, You like if you're straight, I don't just see men and want to jump their bones. They have to be smart or kind or funny before I feel sexual attraction for them. That's why um, mm. like dating apps like Tinder and stuff can be difficult because it's very hard to get that, that sense from somebody. And so... Like, I've quoted, what, three, four examples, but there's there's a dozen, a hundred, a thousand yeah. more. There's lots of ways in which, even if you are the very bastion of the typical gender and sexual and romantic identity that exists in the West, you might still specifically and literally be queer. And we would love to have you marching with, with us alongside us on the streets. Mm-hmm. So it's not just marching as an ally, it's marching with you as being part of that identity as yeah. well, essentially. And you you may feel uncomfortable with it. And like I remember the first Pride I went to. Like I've been very visible and open for a very long time. First Pride I went to, I walked from the car park where I'd parked to the start of the parade. And I had like some rainbow makeup on, I had a rainbow sash on and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, people will know. It's ridiculous. And that's somebody who's hmm. comfortable in their identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if, if 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 you're straight, cis, whatever, and you find an identity within under that uh, rainbow flag that you think suits you, like, you know, even things like uh, asexuality, again, another thing that could happen, or aromantic. It may be that you enjoy physical relationships, physical sex, but you don't actually feel romantic identity. And it might be that that suddenly, it suddenly might make sense. Like, the, you're why all your boyfriends or girlfriends in the past uh, have failed, it might be explained by suddenly going, I'm a romantic, I'm Arrow. That's why I can't have it. But that, okay, that's fine. That just means I won't have a long-term partner, but I'll have a lot of fun along the way, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so actually all of this, you've already mentioned, Chris, for going to libraries, following social media accounts, educating yourself on these terms and, and deep diving, I suppose, and finding out more and, and not just about the people around you, but about yourself potentially as well. But one thing I do want to ask is, is there anything you should steer away from? That There's a lot of information out there, but in this world of misinformation, what types of things should people look out to so that they are not being misinformed and therefore perpetuating um, a negative connotation to the lgbtq plus community so i would say if you for a split second get the sense that the person talking wants to 
remove the rights from somebody or mm-hmm. other somebody. Yeah. That's that's it. That's your red flag. Mm-hmm. Um we have so far to go. Like it feels like we've come an awful long way. I say born in nineteen eighty, section twenty eight is gone, um same civil partnerships and then same sex marriages are a thing. We feel like we've come so far. But we're, to your point earlier, Marlene, where you feel like we're on a pivot point here, I think we are, but I think we're on the knife edge of it. And I, like, we Mm. can't take progress as being an inevitable and Mm. one-way thing. Um, There is a a very clear and present danger of rights and dignities being rolled back for queer people. So, yeah, if if somebody is saying, I'm going to take somebody's rights away, or I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I think that person isn't. I come back to my thing that we started with consent. That's the only. I think Yay. that's the only thing that matters. That consent yeah. is given, and that it is given by somebody who can give it. Great. Other yeah. than that, it, like, and then we're usually talking about sex there, but it, ma- it matters for like romantic relationships as well. Of course, it does. Once those two, mm-hmm. those two things are checked off, have at it. Have an absolutely glorious time um, and live your best life. Chris, what what would you hope to see having change in the next five years? I think for me, I just want to see uh, dignity restored to people and the sense that they can be whoever they want to be and not in a mealy-mouthed, libertarian-ass way. Like, not in a... It doesn't matter. Just as long as, you know, whatever you do behind closed doors, it doesn't matter to me as long as I don't have to see it, shoving it down my throat, all that sort of stuff. I don't want that. I want I want the centering of joy in people's identity. Some like t- talking to a bunch of my straight friends. They are curious about my queer friends, and like if I show them them on social media, they're like they're slightly baffled at the lives these people are leading. But like, they're always the happiest when they're happy. They're the happiest people I know, <laughs> yeah. and that sense of reclaiming joy and reclaiming yeah. dignity is important, and it's everyone's job to do that. Especially if you're not part of the queer community, it's your job. It's everyone's job to create a context in which queer people can live authentically and joyfully. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us on these last two episodes. Leslie, thank you for gracing us with your presence as well. (laughs) Um, I think I speak for everyone at your Scottish wedding when we say that we want this to be a safe space for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So please take a look at the magazines. We want to represent who you are so if you feel that your story isn't being shared, please get in touch and share it with us so that we can put that out there and be the best allies That's it from us on Let's Talk Weddings with your Scottish wedding. Don't forget to listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to be featured on next week's story, get in touch with sales at yourscottishwedding.co.uk.